by Redap. Accelerate your utilization of cloud. Learn more at Redap.com. By ProLiance Surgeons, providing convenient same-day surgery and individualized care. ProLiance Surgeons is the hospital alternative. By Washington's Lottery. Play $5 hit five from Washington's Lottery and get a chance to sign a one-day contract with Sounders FC. By Bill Corum's Puyallup Nissan. Easy like Sunday morning. And by Car Toys. A better way to go. The Sounders FC post-match show starts now. If you're just turning on your radios, listening to the home of the Seattle Sounders here, Sports Radio 950 KJR, you missed what might be the biggest Seattle Sounder regular season win in a number of years. Henuela Buana with the winner in the second half. Back to Bruin. In between. Finds Buana. Buana makes it. Does it. Gets his first goal of the year from Will Bruin. Sounders get the goal. Get the lead in the 54th. Are you kidding me? No, we're, we're not kidding you, Matt Johnson. The Sounders take down defending MLS champion Toronto FC 2-1 in Toronto. Welcome to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Feltz back here in the Carter Volkswagen Studios here in Seattle alongside former Sounder captain Danny Jackson, Seattle University head coach Pete Fewing, and S2 assistant coach Wade Weber. Danny, it's one of the biggest regular season wins we can remember. This squad beats Toronto. Well, coming off a poor performance uh, against the crew this past weekend when the expectation was three points, I think going in Toronto with the lineup that we saw, when you think about the players that were missing from a Torres, a Rodriguez, a Morris, a Ladero, Ozzy, Dempsey, Ship, Ladam, New, that's almost an entire starting lineup <laughs> yeah. missing today, going against the defending champions. Granted, they are struggling like the Sounders are through injuries and results, but... What a great performance. It was that combination, we talked about it in pregame, that intensity that's needed away from home against a quality opposition. The effort was there across the park. They backed each other up. They worked hard. They possessed the ball when they did. And then a little bit of quality, just when you need it, from an Icom stepping in and stepping up big with a great assist, and Will Bruin, who's done it all last year, scoring goals when he needed to with his left foot. And then Bawana, what a great story, seeing him score his first goal to get the match winner. Good for Will Bruin. He played with yeah. some injury. He was limping early uh, in the second half, uh, laid in a great ball for Hanwala, and just did. A, he was a workhorse today. He was running his tail off in the first half. He scores a very good goal. And, you know, you think about this way, everybody got to participate in this one. It's not the usual suspects getting the win. So now you have a much larger happy group, right? You've got guys who went in. There's four guys who got their second start. And and that's this. I always think of the plane ride home. It's going to be a happy plane ride home. Yes, they're going to have to get ready for Portland, but there's going to be joy in that locker room right now. And they're going to look at each other and said, "You did your job today." And so Coach Schmetzer is going to walk around. It was a reflection of a Brian Schmetzer team, right? Gritty, not necessarily as pretty as Seattle typically plays, but that, again, you've got a bunch of new guys on the field. But they freaking did the job. It's wonderful to see Seattle do that against a pretty darn talented team and they were on their heels for a lot of it and they weathered a lot of storms a lot of good individual performances it was very much a character win yeah you know they've changed the formation some of that's personnel i mean some of the some of it is the fact that they had to be more defensive this evening they didn't have the pieces in the attack you know you compare the two teams they both had champions league campaigns that went at least to the semifinals. right sounders were in the lead going into the second half of the second leg of the Concacaf semifinal. they fell short Toronto fell short in the final in penalties. And so that's out of the way. Seattle are far more injured than Toronto. There are no excuses for Toronto yep. in this game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not like, uh, I think Casey said it on the, on, on the broadcast, it's not like there was a cheap penalty. 
It's not like Seattle won this because of a bad call. This was Seattle having a game plan that was defensive but produced enough attack against a good Toronto team to get a win on the road. And guess what, kids? Uh, Sporting Kansas City goes to Atlanta tonight and wins 2-0. So this whole notion of the Eastern Conference being that much better than the West, um, that I'm not sure if it's out the window, but it's on the ledge. You're listening to the Sounders FC postgame show. Sounders take down Toronto 2-1 to tonight in Toronto. Danny Jackson, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Wade, you and I talked about it at the very end of uh, postgame against the crew uh, this past weekend. Their backs were against the wall, right? Performance-wise, we're getting um, those critics out there speaking about how poor they were playing in general across the board. Results were not coming in. Sometimes you can kind of smother bad performances, scraping out results. But they needed to get back. I think you said it. They need to get back to what Brian Schmetzer brings to this team. Pete, you mentioned it. When you go back to 2016, Brian came in here, that performance against Kansas City. When Ziggy Schmidt left, Brian came in. From that LA Galaxy game on, the rest of that season, going to a championship, it was roll your sleeves up time, do your job, not much more than that, get results. And I think Brian brought that back into this team today. He spoke probably about the right things at the right time. I'm sure his comments were succinct. You can't give too much information when you're on a short week, when you've got a lot of travel. You'll be very poignant in what you say. Your direction's got to be specific, and you've got to help the team who's lacking a little bit of confidence get that confidence they needed. And you could see this team grow into the game and get more and more confident as the game went on. Pete, we look at the 5-4-1 that Brian Schmitzer put out today with three center backs, and you have those two fullbacks who kind of really kind of worked up those sides. Waylon Francis getting him back and getting him healthy. He was a big part of that attack in, in terms of stretching Toronto out wide. What do we see from that 5-4-1 that Schmitzer put out there that worked so well in the attack? Well, they were under siege. They had 12 shots against them in the first half, yeah. and uh, they bent without breaking. I think that's the key. They they covered for each other. They tracked back up behind the ball. They made it difficult for Toronto to get a lot of quality chances, but they had quality chances, right? They did have their share, but they bent without breaking. They didn't panic. I think that was very important, and you didn't see them pointing at each other as if they were missing their marks or not, or not communicating well. So I thought they were pretty seamless, and they were going against a... Giovinco is a very, very <laughs> talented, dangerous player. Vasquez serves in a good ball as well. So they did great. They bent without breaking. They did their job. Yeah, Stefan Fry made two huge yeah. saves, the one with the knee at the end. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. The, the, I think you called it uh, the Eddie the Eagle pose. Right. So he looked like a ski jumper flying <laughs> yeah. out with the legs out. Uh, Jackson, to answer your question, I, I, I think it, that Will Bruin was essential in his ability to hold play up long enough to, to bring reinforcements into the play. Um, um, Wolf Ikram, the, the assist people, if, you, if you've just been listening to the game, and you, I encourage you to watch the replay of the, of the assist on the first goal. The whole thing. Yeah, Ikram skips around Michael Bradley, cuts inside, I forget his second guy, threads a pass, really, really high-quality stuff. But that's, that's only going to happen if, if you have enough time to, to do it. And... And there, was, there were long periods of that game, and I was nervous because I, I felt like they kept sitting deeper and deeper. But another thing I liked, you know, Schmetz, he, I think he got the subs right. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You yeah. called the third one. Well, <laughs> even beyond the wingo, I mean, uh, Lirdam and Roldan at the right and left midfield, yeah. which were the positions, I mean, that's where he kind of wanted to get the quality, the, the Ikram and, and Walla. He changed them, and he got great energy and quality from Roldan and Lirdam when they came on. And that, I think, helped to reverse things a little bit. It was starting to slip away. You know, It was starting to feel like, oh, man, they're on their heels. 
when the changes came, it all changed. And I, I agree. And I think offensively, you saw the confidence in Alex Roldan has received and, and, and absorbed over the last couple of months playing in this team. He came on. He looked to shorten his touch. Lay down, we know, is is smooth with his touch. He got forward at the right time, played a couple of good quality balls. And playing in a 3-5-2 or whatever that kind of combination was today, the weakness is on the outside, right? You should be strong in the middle. Those three central defenders, your strength is between the 18-yard box. You're weak on the outside. And I think, I agree, offensively it was a good change, but defensively as well, getting a little bit of experience in there as well. Um, and Pete, just jumping off what you were saying about players and, and that, that, that trip home, we all remember, I remember the days when, when you'd come off a great game. And there is no better feeling for a player. You get judged on 90 minutes. You can work as hard as you can all during the week and in practice. And yeah, you can develop that confidence among your teammates. They see what you do day in, day out. You get judged on a 90-minute period once or twice a week. And when you've played well, the enjoyment, the relief, the release of kind of that anxiety, especially a player coming in like an Alfaro, uh, a Wolf getting a chance and doing something special, a Buwana, who we're looking to do a little bit more, and he did something today getting his first goal. The enjoyment you get now as a player, whether you play against Portland or not, you, the confidence you get from that that can carry you through practice, carry you through the next game, that's something special that I remember. Yeah, Henry Wingo's going to feel great yeah, about his exactly. job. Wade, you said... That's that's the sub they should make before they made the sub. It was a great call. But he had an assignment, and he did his assignment, which was just run your tail off, run everything down. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot. Isn't it fun for the guys when they feel they can get on that plane and feel good about what they've just done? And Seattle experienced this all last season. They had to deal with carrying the, the MLS Cup uh, reigning champions, right. right? And so and last time Seattle went on a plane from Toronto back to Seattle, it wasn't that much of fun, right, uh, of a trip. This one's going to be a lot more happy. There's so much panic sometimes when a team has a, a what you'd call a run of bad form or whatever. The Sounders in their last five games have one Stefan Fry uh, error yeah. to, that keeps them from a perfect record yeah. in their last yeah. five. Unbeaten in five. And I know everyone's looking at where they are in the standings. They're where they are in the standings. I'm going to bang my, my fist on the desk. Do it, yes. Because of the first three games, which is when <laughs> sure. the, that's when they were playing in the Champions League. Yep. Right now, through eight games, they have eight points on the season. The red line be underneath the sixth spot if you're new to MLS standings. Six teams from each conference make the playoffs. So the red line right now is at... 11 points. Yeah, the one They're game out of it. I, They started with no goals and and nothing out of three games. So basically, the season started three games you know what, late. And yeah. I would say physically, you know, those tired legs when you've won feel so good. Right. Right, versus yeah. the tired You're legs right. when you've lost. Yeah. And I also think the mental um, relaxation these players are going to have now because going off the, the result against the crew, they should have won, they should have got three points. They're thinking about it on the trip. They're talking about it. Coaches pulling guys aside. Now for the next 24 hours, they can travel home and take a breath, right? They can take a breath. They can listen to music. They can relax. They can somewhat enjoy themselves because they, they deserve that after the result and the performance they put in today. So right now, the Seattle Sounders move to two, uh, sorry, yeah, two, four, and two on the season. That's eight points through eight games. So they're making a move facing Portland on Sunday. That's a 1 p.m. kickoff. We'll have that right here for you on KJR. Uh, we'll preview that game and, and look around MLS in the final segment of the postgame show. Uh, I will mention this, by the way. Toronto FC last season finished with five losses, an absolutely epic season. They finished it off by beating Seattle in the MLS Cup, as we all know. Uh, they were called by a lot of media people including myself possibly the greatest mls team to ever take a field right now the seattle sounders just handed them their fifth loss of the season already that's um 
my simple math tells me that equals last season's total. <laughs> that is that five great. equals? You're five. a history teacher. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, you could have done more. And and uh, it's not they're not a bad team. No, they're not. Just but. like Seattle, they're, they're, I, I'm convinced in the playoffs. Well, they too have gone the Champions League route. Yeah, yeah. The, the, Toronto are still going to be yeah. right there in the playoffs, and I I'm convinced Seattle is as well. I, I've I've never wavered from that comment, but but. It can be, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, right? right? And you're in the middle of the darkness. Yep. It's hard to know that the light's red. What, what I'm saying is Seattle, for all the panic that's going on right now on social media and elsewhere, don't panic. This team just beat Toronto, and, and that's a pretty damn good soccer team. So bright times are ahead. Lots still to get to on the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KGR. Before I head to break, uh, I have the joy of telling you that your Budweiser man of the match is... Will Bruin. Fans can vote for the Budweiser Man of the Match until the final whistle uh, of every match on the official Sounders FC app. So Will Bruin with the goal and the assist on Henwell Buona's first MLS goal. He is your Man of the Match. All right, still a lot to get to here on the postgame show. We're going to give out our uh, play of the match and continue to break down this 2-1 to win for the Seattle Sounders in Toronto. A huge win for Seattle. We'll continue to break it down on the Sounders FC postgame show. For her strength, her patience, her nurturing love. Pay tribute to the qualities that make her the incredible mother she is with the Forever Mark tribute. Oh, we are having fun on the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Sounders defeat Toronto 2-1 to in Toronto today. A huge win for the club at the site of MLS Cup 2017. Hey, it's time for tonight's Alcatel play of the match. Handuela Buana scores his first MLS career goal, and it's the game winner in Toronto. Back to Bruin. In between. Finds Bawana. Bawana makes it. Does it. Gets his first goal of the year from Will Bruin. Sounders get the goal. Get the lead in the 54th. Are you kidding me? No, we are not kidding you, Matt Johnson. Today's play of the match is presented by Alcatel, the official smartphone partner of Seattle Sounders FC. A 2-1 to victory in Toronto. Very, very big for this club. Hey, wait, in the break, uh, we, were, we were talking about uh, various things about the game. You were brought up something Greg Vanny, head coach of Toronto FC, led his presser with? Yeah, he opened his press conference by holding up his phone and a little uh, snapshot on his phone of... And Walla's second goal, and he, his his message to the assembled press was, uh, I don't know why we have VAR. Um, uh, I don't know. Excuse me. I don't think I know this is offside. So I've yet to see the still that he's showing. But apparently, according to Vanny, mm-hmm. there might be have been a hint, a a touch of offside about Seattle's game winner. Um, Danny, Pete, uh, do either of you give two hoots about that? <laughs> well, <laughs> silence. I feel bad for Greg. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. And it is tough when you see that go against your team. But in a 34-game season, that does happen. It goes in your favor sometimes. Calls aren't perfect. Uh, it's not a perfect science. And so sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. But Danny, Seattle has had no luck this I, entire season. Ball, ball's bouncing in the wrong direction. Seattle, you know, the goal... That L.A. was a tough one. Seattle has really had minimal luck, and you want to get some luck in this game. And today, maybe they got a little bit of a break. Maybe they earned it. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I would say the cliche is you earn your luck. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, you do. I mean, listen, effort, intensity, you know, doing the right things at the right time, executing when you need to. One of the things I would mention is, you know, we talked about it against the crew was movement off the ball is so important, especially in that forward line. It's it's moving off um, the defender, getting on the on the blind side, Third man running on the blind side. We didn't see much of that. We haven't seen much of that 
this season so far, but if you look at both goals, both goals were initiated by a run, a spin away into the space, initiating the pass, and it just lets that player deliver that pass into space because you as a runner have created it and you are forcing that pass to come. Both Will Bruins... Uh, goal. He kind of peeled off the outside blind side of um, of the defender, and Icon played a great ball in. And Buwana takes off third man running. It's hard, you know. Linesman <laughs> and assistant referees. It's a hard job. It really is in full motion. Buwana is a fast kid. He flies in that space. It is. If it was anything, it was a it was a hair, right? I mean, it really was. It was such a tight call. And thankfully, it went to your point, Pete. It went our way this time, and we needed a bit of luck. We needed to get three points on the board in a game like this. In a game like this. I completely agree, Danny, and uh, and and also, you know, I, I'm not a VAR guy. I, I know, Pete, you're slightly older than me, but but I do like to think I'm a traditionalist. Yeah. And I think the human element is part of the drama of sport. And when you always got to go to the replay, they get replays wrong. So I've seen oh, yeah, them go yeah. to the VAR yeah. and make the wrong call, <laughs> and then go back in the disciplinary committee and rescind what they did on the V. It's like to me, I, I would much rather have them make mistakes in live action and we deal with it. I'm still, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, dealing with the pain of the non-pass interference call or pass interference call back in the NFC Championship. Well, I'm still going off decades ago. We're talking early '70s. I'm Brad Tarkin and Chuck Foreman, the purple people. Well, I remember Frank Lampard in the World Cup against Germany hitting a bomb from 25 yards, and it was that went in. Yeah, it was three yards in, and that initiated VAR with FIFA to get it going because it was so such a blatant. Goal, you know. What about the but, Jeff Hurst 1966? Well, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that went our way. That was clearly our way. The Russian linesman. The Russian linesman. When Danny was saying, you know, it's not easy to do that job, I'm going to guarantee you this. Hanwala is faster than any MLS linesman. <laughs> so yes. it it is tough to keep no up doubt. with blazing speed. So, uh, yeah. good. Matt, Matt Johnson often says, oftentimes says, you know, the bad guys are the good guys. The good guys got to... A good one today. So, and and I really do believe in that you earn your luck, right? You earn your luck. So, and I'll tell you what was good, I'm sure, today, what felt great with the players was the old jingle bells in the locker room. Oh, yeah. There First is time already video on social it, it media. Really, I mean, yeah. that is, that is, you know, <laughs> open up the doors, bang as loud as you can, sing it out loud. That's a, that's a feel good factor for sure. Hey, guys, one thing before the post game show started, I want to kind of rope around and anybody can, can jump in here. We were just talking about Brian Schmetzer's tenure with the Sounders starting in middle of 2016 or so. And I, I'm racking my brain for the last, you know, about 20 minutes trying to think about a a bigger regular season win with what he is doing today with a 5-4-1 totally new lineup than anything he's put out so far in his tenure with the Sounders and P you can you can jump in after and finish here it, it felt like everything on the line with this big week of Columbus Toronto Portland this just came at a monumental time I don't know if there is a bigger one it's, in his tenure it's a great question because when he took over the squad every game was sort of back against the wall right but the team is in a different place than it was back then uh, the ex Expectations are much higher. Uh, they are in a. They are walked into this game in a much more dire situation. Three games in the eight-day period, uh, not starting the lineup they necessarily wanted to start. And so, I I can't really disagree with you. Although I'll tell you, I, when they went on the run and got the MLS Cup, their yeah. backs were against there the were wall. A lot but, of big ones. But but they weren't expected to do it. So there's a much different pressure. And to your point, that. Could make this, you know, his biggest. And from a front event. office standpoint, it's also the yeah. pressure of getting results and getting points on the board when you try to attract 
a big name player. Yeah. You know, yes, you know, a play, any some players like to be the savior that comes in, and you know, Ibrahimovic comes in in his first game and scores a rocket of a goal, and off he goes. But the team, the Galaxy, have done poorly since, right? Correct. Lost a lot of goals, so it's hard to come into a team that struggles and then try to prove yourself in a new league and try and you know establish yourself as a name a recognized name uh, in the soccer world. So I think getting points on the board is also great for everybody at the club. It allows you to kind of promote the team to these flurry of players you try to attract in the next couple of weeks. It's a wonderful team sport, and but one player is not going to win you a championship. So anyone yeah. thinking that bringing in a DP or a DP and a TAM guy is, oh, it's the, it's the miracle pill, right? And that's all this team needs. They have to get healthy. When they're yeah. a healthy group, if everyone was available, this team would, would not be in the position that they are on the table. I guarantee you that. They're really, really, really beat up. But don't forget, because of the squad rotation, guess who stayed home and rested and got good yeah. training in? Clint Dempsey, Ozzie Alonso. I saw them at training who? today. Right. Um, knew who didn't play today. They are they're ready for Portland. And, and do you think Ozzie and Clint, sorry if I'm <laughs> laughing, like the two people, the Timbers fans would say, I, I want to see those two guys as tired and injured as possible. Oh, or retired. No. Oh, no. <laughs> they didn't play? Oh, and that's, sugar. And that's a perfect uh, jumping point. Uh, two, looking ahead to Sunday, uh, Seattle and Portland, the 100th matchup overall between the Timbers and the Sounders. That comes Sunday at 1 o'clock. We'll have that right here for you on Sports Radio 950 KJR. We are going to preview that game and look around MLS. What else has happened tonight around the league? We'll check all that out next. You're listening to the Sounders FC postgame show. Sounders take down Toronto 2-1 to in Toronto. A gigantic win for this club. We'll continue next on the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Save big on a 2018 Nissan Leaf, but you better hurry. I'm Damon Hewer for Bill Quorum's Piaf Nissan. Washington State is pulling the... Sounders take down Toronto FC 2-1 to tonight in Toronto. A massive win for the Seattle Sounders. Welcome back to the Sounders FC postgame show on your new home for the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Feltz back here in the studio alongside Danny Jackson, Pete Fewing, and Wade Weber. Uh, Pete, uh, head coach Brian Schmitzer, he normally has his post-game press conference here on the post-game show, not when the team is on the road. We do hear from Brian Schmitzer through a text message to you, I understand. Yeah, he. It's Brian loves his team. We, we watched the telecast of the show, and Warren Bart, Barton was saying how he's been a club man for this for all his life. And so he's been wounded by the start of this season. So he just sent back a text saying, thanks to you and uh, for all the help from people who believe in this team. And then he said, good performance by Alex Roldan, which is great. But I think it means a ton to him that so many people have, have had his back. You know, Danny and Wade and I, and we've all been good friends with him for a long time. And there's not one guy who doubts him. And so Danny, you talked about the relief, right? And how much better you feel. It, it goes for the top man, too, right? He's going to be quite relieved well, as well. Well, and he also, you know, as a coach, yeah. and, and Wade, you can speak to this, and so can you, Pete, as coaches. You can now work on some other things, right? Yes. You can now yeah. talk about different yeah. things. You don't have to repeat yourself over and over again, try to dig yourself out of a hole. And you can now be proactive versus being reactive in terms of what your tactics are against Portland. It allows you to go into that game more relaxed, more focused, a level of of kind of comfort with the results you've got four points in two games and you'd take it you'd you'd hope you'd imagine it'd be the reverse right getting three points at home one point on the road but four points in those two games is is, is great results great points on the board and you move into Portland and it's the quintessential six pointer right 
So, Dan, you started to talk about Portland there. We now look at what's next for the Seattle Sounders, brought to you by Bill Corm's Puyallup Nissan. Easy, like a Sunday morning. Uh, So, it's Portland. It is the 100th matchup between the Sounders and the Timbers, down 1 o'clock on Sunday. So, we look at this lineup that way that Brian Schmetzer threw out, a 5-4-1. Is it a sort of thing where you can go back to a 5-4-1, or do do guys returning, and does a healthy healthy players and do rested players change the formation of it? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's, I know Arsene Wenger, I mentioned it off air that, you know, Wenger went to a, de- out of desperation to uh, what they'd call a 3-5-2, but really it was a 5-4-1, um, you know, to try and get a result. He got a result and then stuck with it until basically he realized that <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't the best formation for the personnel that he wound up having. I think this is uh, an example of Schmetzer being able to tactically adjust his team. Um, and if there's something that maybe he was uh, criticized for, the coaching staff was criticized for in the final, it's that the, there wasn't a formational adjustment made at some point in the match until it, it became the 2 nothing lead. Now, I, I don't know that that's... An, I also like the idea of doing what you do so well that other people have to adapt to you, but this is a case of him recognizing this is the formation for this match against this group of players in Toronto. Portland are an entirely different proposition at that field, in that uh, atmosphere. And Ozzy brings something different. Um, So, you know, having Ozzy, having Clint, uh, I I think is going to give him the option of of maybe going back to the drawing board and, and, and revisiting. Does he play with the, uh, the old, the old false nine? Does Dempsey play as a nine? Is Bruin going to be able to back up a game last weekend, a game on a Wednesday and then start again? I, I, I'm not sure. Who's the nine if that's not it? So, But what it does do, Danny, I think is it gives Portland something to think about. Like, holy cow, if they do come out with... And what if he plays Kim? Yeah. And and what if Torres is, is healthy? I, I I don't think he will. I mean, Portland have a lot of questions that that will not be able to be answered until kickoff. I, I agree. And I, I do think, you know, your four two three one. it's a tighter field. I think getting second balls off Bruin, I mean, Bruin doesn't necessarily have to run quite as far. Just the dimension of the field and the way that that, that field plays, you kind of just have to lead the line between the width of the 18-yard box, get your knockdowns. Hopefully Dempsey can play a little closer to Will Bruin. But yeah, you, you slide a Svensson up in the midfield along Ozzy Alonso. You bring Kim back in. He played well against Crew, and he played a couple of really strong games coming into this team out, out, off injury. And then he allowed you to do a Christian Roldan and his brother Alex further up the field. And I think a game like this, when, you, when Will Bruin's going to be inevitably fighting for the ball over and over again, you need a guy like a, a Christian Roldan who's a willing runner, who can get past the line, can be a third man running crash the box when the ball goes out wide and gets whipped in. So I agree, Wade. I think it's a it was a formation for this game that worked extremely well. Now he can be a little flexible with the players coming back in and figure out what's going to work best for him because you look at Portland, I mean they're not they're not they're not struggling necessarily with the injuries that the Sounders have. I mean they've got Ridgewell played last game, Blanco, Valeri, Adi, Chara, all their big time guys played in the last game, their one zero win against San Jose. So they're an up and coming team. They they had a they had a, they had a tough start to the season as well under a new coach, but uh, they're getting some results now. It's a, the hundredth game of the Portland Seattle rivalry, so a lot of the tactics, it's the emotion of this game that's that really has to be managed as well. And you look at it, and Adi, you, you talk about Torres. I can still remember that that clash between the two. I don't think we're going to have Torres for this game, but Valeri Blanco, they each have four goals, right? But Jake Gleason has not had a shutout this season, so they've been giving up goals. Uh, we've been to these games, we've played in these games. Uh, it is it is a lot of fun. 
So that's what I want to get into as we close out the show here and we're looking ahead. And I will quickly give MLS scores at the end of the segment uh, before we, we depart. But talk a little bit about, about what this rivalry means. We may not have the time on the pregame show on, on Sunday. So Wade, I'll start with you. Just what is what makes this rivalry the best in America? It's the fans. Uh, there was a great media piece, a social media piece put out by the Sounders PR department. Danny, you were on it. I, I was on it. Uh, Pete, I'm not sure if they invited I, you. I watched it. <laughs> but but it, it, it is the fans. And in a lot of America, and I'm going to say this, and it may not be popular, but people aren't listening to me anywhere outside of Seattle anyway. So so a lot of the fan culture is, is fake. It's manufactured in so many other parts of America. They haven't gone back to the 70s. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, they've gone back like what, last week almost, right? <laughs> There's a lot of us who have been involved as fans of a, something called the Sounders for such a long time. And we've not really liked the Timbers for that same amount of time, right? Um, I did happen to play for the Timbers briefly. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I know that. Yeah, so that's like yeah, that's a whole different thing. But for me, it starts and ends with the fact that the supporters of both teams are great. They're great. They're they're the the standard. They're the standard in Major League Soccer of that's what fans are supposed to do. I had a conversation um, a couple of days ago. We're talking about kind of you know MLS and where it was now and its evolution as a league across the world. I think the tipping point was 09, 10, 11, when you, when you got the Sounders in, you got Portland in, Vancouver a little bit later, you know, in kind of that, that Northwest rivalry. I think that was a tipping point for this league. It allowed these clubs like Atlanta come in, to come in and be successful and see the blueprint of what, um, true passion around this sport can be. And I think, yeah, commitment, passion, all those words can be thrown out there. One thing that I always found is there was huge competition on the field. Tackles would fly in. But there was a level of respect between yeah. the two players. You know, you talk about kind of playing here, playing there. We've had players that have played in both places, um, Portland and here. There was a mutual respect and a mutual appreciation that we knew that, that game and this rivalry is special. You know, we were kind of privileged to be in this environment where we That's got right. to play in these games that had something special. It wasn't manufactured. It wasn't something where you had to travel, you know, 500 miles for your near, nearest rival. It was just down the road, and it was special. I remember being a kid, and Hank Leotard was in a in a <laughs> Portland Timbers jersey, and uh, Bernie Fagan and I was shocked uh, yeah. because they started their career with the Sounders. I played against it, but it wasn't like it was when you played Danny or you played Wade. It was much different. It was 25 people watching the games, right? But when I first started broadcasting, our producer said, hey, we're going to start this. You're going to be out in front of the stadium. We're going to open with you live. Uh, we'll tape it. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to do my job, right? And I'm trying to do uh, And I'm, I'm kind of new. And the Portland fans were fantastic. <laughs> they were, their language was unacceptable for the, uh, for the broadcast, right? And then finally, I just said, hey, can you help me out? Just 30 seconds, right? And then Alan Hinton and Arlo White, we all walked into the stadium and it was so great. We had to have, be escorted in and it was oh, intensity. Awesome. Uh, it was intensity. And, and I was, I was going to say it was friendly intensity, but it was, it's fun. It's, I, and the drive down, you know, this is one of those. This is one of those games you can drive down, and and everybody goes in a caravan, and they know that they are they're going to the Sounders game, and that's yeah, it's a great thing. The players love it, and uh, Brian Schmetzer is a good guy. Tommy Jenkins or Tommy uh, Dutra, good guys, but they do not like the Portland Timbers. The hundredth match, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> the 100th match between the Seattle Sounders and Portland Timbers. That's Sunday at 1 o'clock. Pre-game will start at 12.30 right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Portland currently 7th in the West, 11 points on 8 games. Seattle now up to 11th in the West, also 8 points uh, eight points in 8 games. So that'll be intense. Quickly before we break, we'll, uh, we'll run off some MLS scores of the day so far. Columbus over Philadelphia, 1-0. Sporting KC over Atlanta in Atlanta, 2-0. Uh, Chicago currently leads Montreal 1-0 that's in the 94th minute uh, LAFC Minnesota no score through 29 and the, as I we've mentioning all throughout the post game show the Seattle Sounders your Seattle Sounders have gone to Toronto and they have I wouldn't say avenged MLS Cup 2017 but it's a gigantic win here on the 2018 campaign 2-1 over Toronto FC a big win for Seattle Will Bruin your man of the match and Henuela Buana have the goals for Seattle thanks to Danny Jackson, Pete Fewing, and Wade Weber. Thanks to Nate Nelson for running the board this evening here at KJR. Sounders win. Sounders win 2-1. to one. This is Jackson Feltz. Thanks for listening, and make sure you listen Sunday. Seattle, Portland. That's coming up. You've been listening to the Sounders FC Soccer post-match coverage on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Sounders FC Soccer is brought to you by Redap. Accelerate your utilization of cloud. Learn more at redap.com. By ProLiance Surgeons, providing convenient same-day surgery and individualized care. ProLiance Surgeons is the hospital alternative. By Washington's Lottery, play $5 hit 5 from Washington's Lottery and get a chance to sign a one-day contract with Sounders FC. Tune in next time when your Seattle Sounders FC take on the Portland Timbers.